Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. Today, my very special guest is my youngest daughter, Your youngest. Chloe. Your you youngest are my child. youngest child. I am. I might be the most like you. And when you were born, my father said that you will talk with your eyes. And is that ever true? Do I? Your eyes have always stood out on stems. Do I? <laughs> yeah. You think so? Anyway, welcome, Chloe, to the to the podcast. Oh, and we were for having me. We were talking about this the other night, and she said, Dad, one of these days, I'd like to do a podcast with you. I'd like to ask you some tough yes, questions. Yes, we were quarantined. Yeah, 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 we were quarantined. Yes. And uh, she asked me uh, to be a guest on, on the podcast sometime and do this. And I thought, well, this fire might be a good day to fire some tough questions at me. So, well, Chloe, I'm turning it over to you. It's a mix of questions. Now, I might that. just turn the tables on you a few okay. times, okay? Well, I'm, I'm all right. prepared. All right, well, first of all, let's just jump in. Talk to me about the calling you have to pastors, especially in underdeveloped nations. Uh, Chloe, the Lord showed me about six years ago that my crusade days were over and that God was moving me into a new phase of my life. And he reminded me of a prophetic word that my father, your grandfather, gave to me before he died. He said, when I got into my mid to late 60s, I would become a minister to ministers. My crusade days would come to an end mm -hmm. and I would spend the rest of my effective life in ministry ministering to underdeveloped nations, pastors, helping them, teaching them on healing, the Holy That's Spirit, right. and seed, seed faith, faith, which are the three tenets of this ministry for as long as I can remember. And the, the Lord right. the Lord gave me that word back in, uh, well, I guess it was around about uh, 2015, so, so long in there. 2014, 2015, yeah, and that's that. what I've been doing. Right. That's what I've been doing for these past years. I've not done any crusades. I've been I'm ministering all over the world in person as well as on Zoom right. to pastors all over the world. And as you know, that's I right. just had a pastors conference in Pakistan, uh, and I did it from here with 15,000 yes. pastors for three days. Mm -hmm. um, it was amazing. Yes, I remember. What do you have to say about American pastors? Today. I love American pastors, and I'm ministering to them as well. I've been invited to many pastors' conferences here in America, and I'm and I'm teaching them in the same way because in many places, healing, the Holy Spirit, and seed faith have not been emphasized. No, not and, anymore. And I, and I think they need to be. And uh, uh, there are so many pastors who are not really aware that they can pray for the sick and see miracles. Right. There are many pastors that are not aware they can pray in tongues right. and interpret back. Uh, many have been taught against it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was with a Presbyterian pastor the other day as an example. He had never, ever prayed in tongues. He, he had... Uh, only been taught against it and had preached against it himself. Yeah. But in one of my pastor's meetings, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit himself. Later, his wife was baptized. His entire family was baptized in, in the Holy Spirit. And when he got to his church the next Sunday, half of his church was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he realized the value of praying in tongues and interpreting back the way the Apostle Paul talked in 1 Corinthians 14. I love doing that in America. I love doing it in Canada. I've right. done it in Canada and am doing it in Canada yes. as well as well as nations all over, all the, over the world. Yeah. What is the best advice someone has given you outside of your family? The best advice? Outside of the family. Outside of my family. I guess I would have to say it was um, a minister who came to me and said, Richard, be yourself. Who was that? Uh, it was John Osteen. How old were you? Uh, I was in my 30s. 
John Osteen, Joel Osteen's right. father, said to me, be yourself. Mm -hmm. He said, God's not looking for another Oral Roberts. He's looking for you. Be yourself. That's really sweet. And John said to me, Richard, God is not get, it's not against men being elevated. He's just against men elevating themselves. Oh. I think that's some of the best advice I've ever received. Uh, dear John Osteen, Joel Osteen's father that's was a right. precious mentor to yes, me. One of the four or five major mentors that spoke into my life. Right. And well, his wife, Dodie, still living. Yes, right. And doing great in Houston. Well, what are you working on now? Right this minute, I'm working on a new book. I've about been watching you excellence. write it. I'm working on a book on excellence, having an excellent spirit. Daniel, the Bible says, had an excellent spirit. How do we develop an excellent spirit? I want to have an excellent spirit in my life. I want to be excellent in what I do. I don't want to be second class, third class, fourth class, just, just to get along. I want to develop, to develop an excellent spirit in my life. And I think most people that I know want to be excellent at what they do. Right. If you're going to, if you're going to sweep the streets, be the best street sweeper that you can find. Right. You know. So in that case, what does thrive mean to you? Thrive is, um, is what the Lord meant in my mind in third John two, when he said, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That means he wants you to thrive. He wants you to do great in every area of your life, in your spirit, in your mind, in your body, in your family, in your finances, in every area of your life, from your head to your feet. God wants you well and thriving. Okay. What would you say to people, especially my age? I'm not going to say how old I am. What would you say to people in the <laughs> I know, world? I, I know, know you know. You don't don't, you don't say it? No, okay. I don't. What would you say to people wanting to raise a family in the world today? That's a tough one. I would say what I would have said 30, 40 years ago. Uh, love your husband. Love your wife. Love your children. Keep them near to you. Spend as much time as you possibly can with them. Yes. I think there have been times when I've not been as good at that. Perhaps. I think there are times in my life when I've been so busy, I've allowed work to consume my life. I think there have been times when I've not spent enough time with my wife and I've not spent enough time with our children. I think you girls suffered because of it. And, you know, I, the times when, when I realized what I was doing, I would come to you and apologize. But to spend as much time. God created the family before he created the church. He said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. That's family. It was several thousand years later that he created the church. When Peter said, you are the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, upon this rock of revelation, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Family comes first. And I've had to learn that through my life. Well, you've also had to juggle a calling as well. Well, sure. Not everybody does. Sure. But, and, and, and sometimes, and sacrifice. sometimes I don't do as well as I need to do. And, uh, and when I haven't done as well, uh, you girls and my wife, Lindsay has, has pointed it out to me. <laughs> you <laughs> have not, you have not been shy. <laughs> no, I'm your child. How could I be shy? <laughs> my kids talk straight to me and they should talk straight well, to me. Well, you talk straight to us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who is one of your heroes? In what area of life? Let's say in ministry, in, in business, in let's, politics. Let's in, say in ministry. In ministry. In ministry. Uh, outside my family? Yes. I, I'd say number one outside my family is Catherine Kuhlman. 
Catherine spoke into my life and taught me so much about the operation of the gifts of the Spirit, particularly the word of knowledge. You know, you weren't born at the time, but you know that I traveled with her yes, for I several did. years. Yes. Um, in my mind, she is she is the most outstanding woman minister I've ever known, and I knew her extremely well. I was in so many of her services. She would come. She would have me come and sing, and she would call me up to speak. And we were great friends, and she was a tremendous mentor to me. That's why I named your sister my Olivia, sister Catherine, Catherine, Catherine Olivia. Olivia. Mm-hmm. Shout out! Although to her. we spell it different than she did, mm-hmm. her, our our Olivia is Catherine is, is with a C. C. Catherine Kuhlman was with a K. Okay. Right? Yeah, she was. She was pretty amazing. Precious, she went home to be with the Lord yeah, in did. 1976. I wasn't alive then. Nope. Nope. What did you get for <laughs> breakfast? Pardon? What did you eat for breakfast? Today? Yes, today. Uh, today for breakfast, I had a boiled egg. Are you serious? I did. You didn't have leftovers? No, I had boiled egg. Well, there were no leftovers. <laughs> That's why you had the boiled egg. I ate egg. the leftovers last night okay, at midnight. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I had cereal. Usually... My breakfast is uh, consists of whatever is left it's over. Left from over. Last night. I know that's why I thought I'd but, surprise but I, you. I finished what was left over last night about midnight. No, last that shocked night, me. And I had a boiled egg, a fourteen-minute boiled egg. I would, I would thought you were going to say a leftover, pepper in it. you know, Italian food or pizza. No, nope, no, nope, didn't yeah. have it. Okay, well that I, threw I, me I off a little. I would have had it. If okay, I, I would have had it if I had if it had been there. <laughs> okay, well, what is your favorite one of your favorite childhood memories? <sighs> I suppose uh, the thing that I, I love the most. Can I guess? Sure. Walking the healing lines. Yes. Would that be one uh, of them? It would be one of them. Um, traveling with my dad all over the world, um, not just hearing him preach, but walking prayer lines with him, holding his coat or holding a, a glass of water as he as he walked prayer lines for sometimes hours. I can remember when I was about nine or 10 years old, I, I was with him as he laid hands on 10,000 people in one afternoon mm-hmm. in Trenton, New Jersey. You don't forget things like that. It was no. over 100 degrees outside. It must yeah. have been 120 in the tent. And oh. I walked those lines. It took almost three hours for him to lay hands on 10,000 people. I walked every step of the way with him. And I, I loved seeing miracles. And when I stood by his side, I saw, saw miracles, miracles every time. Yes. What is the best compliment you've ever gotten? Well, I suppose it was just recently. What? Yes, it was. Believe it or not, I was preaching just a month or two ago out in Colorado. Andrew with uh, Andrew Womack, and he had a Healing Is Now conference, and I was to be the Tuesday night main speaker, and I was there, I got there Monday, and I, I started attending the services before, because when I go to speak to some, speak somewhere, I don't like to just fly in and no, speak and fly I, out. I hate that, it's rude. No, I, I wanted to go and honor the man of God, right. and so I went to the and early services. And you can services. also get a feel for what's sure, going on. Sure, exactly, yeah. and there were three speakers that morning, and I went to hear all three of them. And uh, Andrew, who's been a longtime friend, got up and he said, now, uh, today we're talking about the healing ministry, and all of us have had healings in our ministry. Mm-hmm. He said, but tonight you're going to hear from Richard Roberts. And he, then he shocked me. He said, Richard Roberts has a gift. He said, there will be miracles tonight. We won't just talk about it. We'll have miracles. And no one has ever said that in public you? that I'm aware of. 
He said, Richard Roberts has a gift. Uh, that probably was the highest compliment I think I've ever received, that the gifting of God flows through me into people's lives, and that wherever I go, there were miracles. And it happened, there were, there were more than 200 people who came forward in that service that night to give testimony of the healing power of God when I prayed. All right, let's switch gears here. You're getting into some pretty heavy stuff. Let's, let's switch gears here. I'm going to throw you off. What's your biggest pet? What's your best memory as a child? What did you like the most? Was it when you hung from the banister in the house or, or were you hanging time. from the window? That was one time. Yeah, but you, we came home and saw you hanging from the banister. Well, we... And, and once you were going from room to room outside, from window to window. Yes, I, I, I was. I'm definitely going to admit that. You were somewhat of a gymnast when you were a child. Well I, well, I was creative. Or was it when you got on the pans and slid down the stairs and out the front door? When, well, I wanted to ski. I wanted to sled or ski. <laughs> I think I wanted to go sledding. And you guys were ministering, and I got creative. <laughs> I'll say that. What's your biggest pet peeve? In public transportation, in airports, in services, in what's your biggest pet peeve? I guess it's people who do stupid things. <laughs> You'd uh, be more specific. When you're driving down the road and, you, and you, the guy next to you is texting while he's driving. Okay, that's uh, you just, very you're annoying. You're just going to go, my God, are, are you... Are what, you going to watch? What, are you brain dead? I mean, mm -hmm. you're actually texting while you're doing 60 miles an hour right. on interstate, whatever it is. Okay, uh, you know? that's a good and, one. And, and people who... People who who don't know how to, to, to finish a conversation and move on so the next person in line can come up to the counter. You know? Oh, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. After they, after they finish paying their bill, they stand there and, and talk for the next five minutes, uh, you know, and, and there are whole, there's a whole line of people. Hey, mister, you know, I know you're, you're finished your business. You have a yeah. whole line of people here. Yeah, somebody who lingers. Right. My biggest pet peeve, can you guess? No. People who chew food with their mouth open. Really? That is my biggest. It, I it never... just sends me... I never knew that. Excuse me. Or scraping silverware on a plate. Just something super, supersonic. I didn't, I didn't know that about yeah. you. Chewing with your mouth open just sends me into uh, outer space. Uh, I, I hope I'd never do that. <laughs> no, 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 you don't. You don't. I would let you know. I would okay. let you know. Okay. Getting back into something more serious. Give me some underrated tools that are indispensable for someone like you with your calling. Your Bible. Here's the most Your Bible. underrated tool. Okay. This book is not used by every Christian in That's the world. That's correct. They have had a relationship with God. They love God, but they don't spend any time in the Word of God. Their Bible, they have to dust their Bible off, mm -hmm. you know, when they pick it up. They don't take time to sow the Word of God in their heart. They don't know the Bible. If you see online those Bible quizzes, you know, uh, most people don't, most Christians can't score higher than a 40 or 50% on them because they don't know the Bible. Right. And people ask me all the time, what's the best way to read the Bible? Well, the best way is to start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. That's right. The first four books and then the next book of the New Testament. And then after that, go back, go back to the to beginning Genesis. In, in Genesis and read the, the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then go on into the prophets, the kings and prophets, 
Mm-hmm. And then after that, go to the letters of the Apostle Paul, mm-hmm. Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, so on. Mm-hmm. And then after you've read those letters, which make up most of the New Testament, then go to the book of Revelation and see how this whole thing winds up. That's how you read. And that's how you study the Bible. But in, in not just reading it, but getting a hold of a scripture that blesses you mm-hmm. and meditating on it, yeah. uh, saying it over and over again until it becomes a part of you. I don't memorize scripture. I just, I study it on it until it becomes a part of me. Yeah. And I've taught you girls to do that. What's, right. what's your favorite scripture? I, I like the more protective scriptures. I like Psalms. I like Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was a little girl, I remember we would come into your room every night before bed. Mm-hmm. And we would read scriptures from Dodie Osteen's book. Healed of cancer. Healed of cancer. It's a little was, yellow book. One of them was Psalm ninety-one. And we would forty scriptures. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. And we counted. And we I counted I Psalm ninety-one as quote, one as one scripture. Yeah, I can quote all of those that we would. There was a few that we would do every night, mm-hmm. and we would all jump up on the bed or the couch or whatever was near, and we would yeah. all before bed. And, and that. Then, and then when we put you to bed. You have to have destined to win on. <laughs> Hey, that's classic. That's classic. And I had an album called Destined to Win. I know. And, they, and I found we tr- your, we tracked it down for you and got you an old record player and we played it for you on Father's yeah, Day. My hair was so dark. I know you had so. I know. Rest in peace, hair. Rest in peace, hairline. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. If you could have lunch with a historical figure, let's say one that's past. Okay. Not alive. Okay. Who would it be? Ronald Reagan. Really? Yes. That's not what I thought you'd say. I admired him more than any president in my lifetime. Really? He was a no-nonsense president. Okay. You know, uh, believe, uh, trust, but verify, he said. You know, Mm -hmm. trust someone, trust their word, and then verify that it's true. Okay. I like him because he said, if you mess with us, we're coming after you. If you mess with the United States, we're coming after you. And he proved it time and time again. Good answer. Okay. I like Ronald Reagan. His his word was his bond. Oh, you want to you want to know about you? Yeah. Okay. What about you? <laughs> you think you can? She's ask? saying, why don't you ask me that question? Yeah. Because you, you, you got yeah. an answer. Yeah. Do you think? Do I you? have no clue. Okay. Queen Elizabeth. Really? Because I have you know how much I have followed her life and her career and. I just well, that's a good answer. Yeah, I admi- if you were to it would ask be me, excellent. Just a if you were to ask me a, about a woman in the past, I probably yeah. would have said Queen Elizabeth. Okay, I admired her very much. She was a very strong Christian. Yes, she loved the Lord. She yes. loved Billy Graham. Yes, she, she did. used to have Billy Graham come all the time. Yeah, ministered her at Windsor Castle. Yeah, and of course, I I grew up knowing Billy Graham. Right, you know, and all his family, his wife Ruth, all all the, all the Graham family. If you had to try another occupation. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, yeah. if you weren't you, mm-hmm. what would it be? I would be a professional golfer or yes. a, a nightclub entertainer. And that's what I wanted to be until I gave my heart to the Lord and the Lord called me into the ministry. Okay. I was a very good golfer as a young man, and as, 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 a, as a student as well. And I was a, a, a good entertainer. I was offered a contract. When I was 19 years old, I was offered a contract to sing in the lounges of the Sahara Hotel in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But a funny thing happened to me on the way to Las Vegas. I got saved, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. God called me to preach and to minister to the sick. 
So I never got to be a professional golfer, golf. never got to be an entertainer. I did get to sing, mm -hmm. and I do play golf, although I haven't played any golf this summer because it's too hot. It's too hot. It's just too hot. But the I love to golf with you. The weather's starting to change now. I was with you when you made your first hole-in-one. I, I couldn't. I don't know what I did. I couldn't do it again. I've got the video. I don't I wish people know. could see it. You ran, you jumped, you threw your club in the air, you danced all <laughs> over the green. You hit an eight iron, and then about five holes later, you hit a five iron and stopped this close to a pin. I know. But you can't outdo your dad. No, I have I had five holes in one. Well, if maybe if I played as much as you, I could. But I, I. Well, I played since I was five years old. Yeah, but you surpassed your dad. I don't know. In golf? golf? Yes. Um, I beat him for the first yes. time when I was 14, and he was a good player. He was a... He was a five handicap at the time. I beat him when I was 14, and I turned to him and said, you'll never beat me again. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. No, he didn't, did he? <laughs> okay, well, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? One cuisine, what it would, would it be, be? It would be a steak. No. With a baked potato and some asparagus and a green salad. I thought you were going to say barbecue. No, well, I, I like barbecue Your deep too. love. I like barbecue. For barbecue. I like barbecue, but I like I like I'm a, I grew up in beef country. Yes, you did. Yeah, I like brisket. Don't misunderstand. Yeah, me. but you like meat but, and potatoes. But more balance, because if I get just barbecue, all I'm going to get with it's beans, potato salad, okay. coleslaw, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> but a little healthier, I'll have a, a small piece of steak, like four to six ounces, and then a, a baked potato, and uh, asparagus. And a, and a green salad. Now that, to me, that's dinner. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. What do you think? <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite meal? Probably Mexican. Probably Mexican food. I am. Oh. I, I can't. I don't have it a lot, but when I do, I have it. Oh, I love tortillas. I love mm -hmm. fresh tortillas. Tacos. I love enchiladas. Mm -hmm. I love chalupas. I yeah. love. When all, I lived in the... Texas. I've just never had any any better food. Well, bar. I mean. Mexican. Now, what what our listeners may not know is you are a graduate of of the, past, the famous pastry school. That's right. In Charleston, South Carolina. That's right. And what is your favorite pastry to cook? Um, probably it wouldn't be a pastry. Oh, okay. It probably would be a cake. I okay. like celebratory cakes, like children's birthday cakes or um, small wedding cakes or um, any kind of event cake where I can be creative and it's not just a standard thing where you make 30 croissants. Mm -hmm. I would like a little more creative outlet and do one big thing, um, you know, like a child's birthday where you can make figures or, or toys or, you know, something out of molding or that's more fun to me than baking, you know, 50 pastry well, items. Or when whatnot, you were in so. school, you would send us pictures on your that's phone right. of all that you made. These, yeah. These beautiful things that you would yeah. create in their, in their kitchen. Yeah. But you know, once you, make all the components of that all day and you have to taste it in every stage. You really don't want to dive into a piece of cake all day when you've been testing the batter and trying each one out. So I don't eat a lot of sweets. You don't eat a lot of sweets. We both don't drink coffee. We don't, we, we're not I don't big eat on many sweet. sweets. No, I don't either. What was the, what was the most fun thing about pastry school and what was the hardest thing? The hardest thing were the French terms. <laughs> um, the best thing I'll tell you, I had one instructor that was not the nicest. She was very harsh on her students. And um, she was a little, just a little too too heavy on on us. And um, 
At times, she would really cut us down, but she is the one I remember the most material from. She's the one I remember the most patterns and designs from, and she was hard on me, but she's the one I remember most and what I remember most from the class. I remember her class the oh, most. Let me ask a companion question. When you were in high school and when you were in college, mm -hmm. you were a cheerleader. Yeah, I was. I was an athlete. All right. What was the hardest thing about cheerleading? Oh, um, because it wasn't a, just a pom-pom jump up and down. I had a male partner stunt. We were a team. The hardest part was when I would fall on concrete. And you injured your back. Or um, my back, my knees. I'm still having pain from that. And um, if someone got dropped, our teams would usually typically have to start sprinting. Your coach Until you... the coach would say stop if someone mm -hmm. got dropped. So um, that was the hardest. The most rewarding was um, um, probably just the difficulty of pushing my body past part you know ways I didn't know I could be pushed you also rode horses as a young girl and, and that you jumped fences you. <laughs> and you jumped fences because I jumped the and big sometimes ones. you jumped a higher fence than they wanted you to jump <laughs> you want to share about how that what how one of those times how what happened with you when you and the horse separated well there's a few times but you know what you were always really you are very calm in um chaos in chaos yes so when I would go flying, you would just go, oh, all right, I'm coming and come get me and, you know, wipe the blood off and <laughs> you'd make sure I got back on. Do you remember the horse show that you were in that your horse acted up? Yeah, she threw me off. He threw you off. And do you remember what you said to the horse? I, we, we got, you, you, you led the horse out of the arena. Of course. And you got the horse over in the side. You remember what you said to the horse? Don't ever do that to You me. said, don't you ever, don't do, ever that do that to me, me again. And he didn't. <laughs> And he didn't. Do you remember the horse's name? Wisdom. <laughs> yes, and it hurt. It hurt. He threw you off in the middle of the arena. Yeah, I got. He got. Um, I think there was a tractor backfiring or some kind of backfire that um, I remember feeling the the feeling of oh no, I'm I'm going flying because they know if you're scared and I was scared and um, at that time and I went flying and they know they are such incredible you know. My grandfather used to say, the outside of a horse does good for the inside of a man. And I think what he meant by that was, when you have something so magical and so strong under, that you can't control, there, you know, you, you can't control it to a degree, but you can't, if it wants you off, you're, you're going flying. And I think that that was a great training tool for me because it taught me a lot mm. of patience and um, patience. What are you praying about today, these days? What are, you, what are you expecting? What are you believing for with God? I'm believing that the world is going to shape up a little bit because I'm at the age where I want to have children and I want to have a family, and that's a terrifying thought for a woman in her 30s today. I didn't say that in the 30s. She did. Hey! Oh, no, we're going to edit that. We're going to edit that. I didn't, gonna say, edit that. I, I didn't no, say that. No, we're not taking no, we're that out because you admitted it. No, we're going to edit that. <laughs> With everything going on in the, in the world today, that's what I would say um, is the biggest and scariest. You know, you have school shootings, you know, even everywhere is tainted now. I'm, I'm not shocked anymore and I miss being shocked. It's dangerous. Every, you know, m everything, movie theaters, yoga studios, cafes you know, school shootings, you know, it's, 
my some of my friends that that have children face the same thing dropping off their kids at school every day there's that little bit of fear that you have to conquer um because we're not shocked anymore i it, it's it happens so often now and it seems like every other day there's so many that you just oh it's another one or oh it's another another one's on trial or oh another one's I'm just there's so many that I'm, we're almost numb these days I think I want to wrap I this I want to wrap this up by thanking you uh, first of all for doing this podcast with me yeah, it's fun. Uh, but but secondly I want to thank you and your sisters because the scripture says honor your father and mother and that's something that you and your sisters have done you have always honored me and you have always honored your mother and that is a Bible thing to do, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, I appreciate that, and you're welcome. And you were part of installing that in me. You downloaded that into my brain very early. So where can listeners find you online? At uh, richardroberts.org. Okay. Uh, or our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Or uh, on... Uh, Spotify? Uh, yeah, yes. Anywhere you can download Anywhere podcasts. you can do- download your podcast. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is being uh, uh, heard on uh, on the Charisma Network, yes. but also on our network. That's right. And I'm available out there, richardroberts.org. Thank you so much for being with me today. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks and, uh, for letting me grill you a little bit. for those bit. of you that are listening, I'm praying over you today. I speak words of life, healing, health. God wants you to thrive. I pray over you today. I rebuke every sickness and every disease. I rebuke every fear and every doubt in the authority of Jesus' name. And I pray for you to be healed in your spirit, in your mind, in your body, in your family, in your finances, in every area of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you next time on the podcast. Good job, Chloe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Please share with your friends on social media and help spread the healing, saving good news of Jesus with others. And if you need prayer, go to richardroberts.org or call the prayer group at 918-495-7777. We believe God wants you healed and whole in all areas of your life.